Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know it's a hard watch, but did you at least feel some kind of schadenfreude at somebody else having I'm- a worse 40th birthday than you did? On the eve of my 40th, I was admitted into hospital where I had to stay for five days with essentially elephantitis of the face. I got an infection that disfigured my face so badly after the stress of my 40th birthday that I had to go into hospital. So possibly my 40th was worse than Ken's. Honesty. Am I allowed to keep singing? I think I think anymore and it tests both the the copyright publishing laws and people's patience i imagine fuck off well hello this is the full fucking thing it's gonna be epic there's no boundaries if you're cool Should we start with brain dumps from this week's episode? Yeah, so just like a fun fact for anyone who's interested is this episode was directed by, I, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her first name. I think it's Lorraine, but maybe it's Lorena, but Lorraine Scafaria, who directed Hustlers, starring Jennifer Lopez, only one of my favorite films to emerge in recent years the fun and the joy that I get out of it. Which is more than you can say for Kendall's birthday party. No, and I'll quickly say that if the the word for last episode was fear, the word for this episode was sad. Mm. Which I think is, is, as a succession's way, just a, a truth about birthday parties. They are just sad. So that's a fun detail. And people should watch the film Hustlers and enjoy knowing that she is the long-term partner of comedian extraordinaire Bo Burnham. Power couple. Power couple. And to make them even more powerful, I think she's got at least a decade on him, which is, of course, the mark of any true man. No offense. I am the baby in this relationship. Yeah. I'm your baby bride. What do they call it? A May to December? A May December. Yeah. So I guess you're May and I'm December. I think I would be December in that scenario. But a May is is born sooner than a December. But isn't it somebody in the spring of their life versus the winter oh, of their life? Oh, yes. I'll move on. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed Kendall running through where the guest list was up to, who was a maybe, who was a definite. I noticed Jess wasn't on the guest list. Jess presumably would have been in an office somewhere coordinating transport and overseeing the whole thing. She wouldn't have got to have any fun. Not that you can at those things anyway. So much for egalitarian. Mm. And then um, I heard mentioned Jeff Elon and Lucas. So Lucas is Lucas Matson. Jeff, presumably Jeff Bezos and Elon 
Elon Musk. When we hear the name Elon, that was the only one. It's not not one of those other Elons. No, it's not one of the other ones. So then there was a Jennifer. Do you think Aniston, Lawrence or Lopez? Definitely not Aniston or Lopez. Possibly Lawrence, but I don't think so. Emma, Watson or Thompson? Um, Watson. Tom, Hiddleston, Cruz, Hanks, Selick or Jones? Hiddleston. Corey, Feldman? No. That's the only one I got. Oh. Um, David, Hasselhoff or Attenborough? Neither. JP, John Prescott, former Deputy Prime Minister of the United Kingdom? No. Well, I think that was a fun game. Okay. As can sometimes happen with with you, it started well and ended poorly. (laughs) Um, Last week in our Sprinkles episode, we heard from a self-described lesbian Shiv apologist. Her point was, Shiv can do no wrong in my eyes because I'm way too in love with her. And I just wanted to know to any anyone who is obsessed by Shiv in a sexual manner, can you let me know if how incredible her look was for her brother's 40th? Was that or wasn't that just completely undone by her emancipated dancing? If you're into her, could you manage the dancing? Or did when you saw her dance in that dress, could you just never see her in that dress in the same way again? Was it the greatest TV dancing since Elaine Bennis's Little Kicks in Seinfeld? I think, I think it might have been. It was a phenomenal performance. And I have sympathy for Shiv because if I were to attempt to dance, it would be worse than that. Honey, may I say I'm not sure that's true. You're a terrible dancer, but what what was gotten at in Shiv's performance is a certain kind of person letting go. And there is no worse dancing than someone who's just being free. So are you not a free dancer? Because you're a very good dancer. You you often uh, create a lot of attention. I, I like to get a lot of attention around me on a dance floor. I do it so people go, oh my God, wait that. Look at And I know I can hear myself as I say this, that you're thinking, Sarah, you were being mocked. I wasn't. <laughs> it was genuinely people who were starstruck by me after seeing me dance. All right. So the party itself... The Notorious Ken was, and we know that Willa was upset about this, um, immersive theatre. The whole space had been transformed. You were born into the world of Kendall Roy. I jotted down as many of the different zones as I was able to manage. Um, Birth canal. Actually, before the birth canal, as you're checking your coat in, there's some kind of sperm area. There was sperm on the screen. Yes, I saw those spermies. Then there's a maternity ward. All the all the cots had champagne on ice in them. <laughs> and after that, they were drinking out of baby bottles. Yeah, so disgusting. There was some kind of x-ray room, but I couldn't quite suss out what that was. There was, of course, the burning Waystar hellhole recreation of Logan's office on fire. There was a music room where he was talking to Ravel with lots of gold discs on the wall. Oh. There was the compliments tunnel. Oh. There was that future room with the mock-up of the headlines about his siblings. Yeah. And that treehouse. I did think that the place that looked the most acceptable was where he met up with Rob. There was the gift room, of course, as well. Ugh, that was so <laughs> sad. And it did feel like it would have been cold in that gift room. Oh, yeah. All those, like, exposed bony shoulders on all those very thin women. <laughs> um, okay, I want to give you something. I thought we saw an unlikability in Rava today. I have all the patience in the world if she just cannot forgive her psychotic ex-husband. But don't go 
to his birthday party. So then to just sort of lead with an insult made me go, okay, Rava, you're losing my, you're losing my goodwill at least a little bit. I just thought we saw more of the same. When Jeff and I argue about this, we're actually arguing about our own relationship (laughs) and my relationship to his depression. I was just going to give you some facts and figures. Go on. Kendall's splendid jacket with the UFO on the back. Do you want to guess how much it costs? Oh, God. Oh, God. US dollars? Oi. 3,000 US dollars. 6,900. It's a Gucci jacket. I found it online for that, that much. And then... A red sequoia can grow to 115 metres high and have a circumference of about eight to nine metres. If you use imperial measurements, you probably want to multiply those by about three. And a bullet train can go up to 200 miles or 320 kilometres an hour. Well, then Shiv's pussy better be big. (laughs) Big pussy. As big as her mum's. As big as her mum's. As ever, we would love to hear from you. If you've got any thoughts on who those people on that guest list are, if there were any areas of Kendall's party that I missed in my little recap there. And again, my question about how everyone responded to Shiv's dancing, but then on the other hand, her incredible green silk dress. These are the pressing issues, the burning questions. Email us, please. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. And we will address as many of those as possible. In Friday Sprinkles, we should mention our guests coming up on this episode, and it's really exciting. We wrangled none other than Lorraine Kelly and her daughter, Rosie Smith, who have their own podcast together. I mean, it's very Roy family, isn't it? A family business. Yes. And I just want to say quickly, I think in Rosie's defense, she seems to have completely paved her own way in this completely different field. But as it happens, they're now doing this podcast together called What If. They're both succession heads. They came on so that we could chat with them. It was fantastic. As I say, Lorraine is a a national treasure. Just for anybody who isn't for the UK, can you... I got it. Mm -hmm. She is... um, I'm going to call her the UK's Kelly Ripper. I think that's who she is. Basically, that's how high we reached for the stars and we caught one. So excited to talk to them later. I thought maybe the way to go about talking about this episode, Too Much Birthday, is to go through the list of people who Kendall thinks ruined his birthday, probably. Including Kendall himself. Well, yes, and I'm not sure that he would realise that. I think not on the list would be the staff. The Imagineers, the DJ crew, this is highly egalitarian. Like, do your job, but fucking get your drink on. So th- they're in the clear. Yeah, they-, they did okay. The Imagineers and the DJ crew did fine. When I used to do mobile discos at people's wedding receptions and oh. 40th birthdays, and people would sometimes say, we want you to have a great time as well. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm not going to have a great time. I'm in a room full of people I don't know. I'm not very good at this job. You don't know that but you're paying me £85. The the pressure of making you dance is horrible. The best I can ask for is a plate of food from a buffet. You You can't really have fun. The option's not even open to you. So the staff, not on the list. Let's start with the siblings. And should we start with Connor? On the Connor subject, who do you think is right about this coat issue? Because can I just say on the one hand, I think it's so real that coats on harsh the vibe of a party. It just says you're not there to have a good time. Slash the room is not comfortable. That is what coat on says, 100%. I come at this from a a different angle. Oh. I think people get too preoccupied about whether you're wearing a coat or a jacket or not. 
It's not their business. At your brother's wedding, one of your mum's friends... Oh, my God. ...was hectoring me about the fact that I kept my suit jacket on and it was a hot day and it was a navy blue suit and I, I just liked wearing that jacket. I think that's a very fair point. But isn't it the same thing? No. She felt that I was detracting no. from the atmosphere by keeping my jacket on. No, that is not at all what she was doing. She sort of genuinely, I think, didn't know how to relate to someone socially. Whereas I do think that it is a fair thing to feel that someone keeping their jacket on at a party affects the atmosphere. This is the whole problem with this fucking party. From the first moment, you want everyone's coats to be off. That is the mark of a good party, but you can't tell them to do it. It has to happen naturally. Mm. When Willa says, sort of in defense of Connor, and she says, oh, Connor is pulling very close to 1%. Is she mocking him? No, or I don't think that, so. That I don't really think so. Because you per- see that moment her... when she tells Comfrey to treat him with some respect as yeah. man is running to be president of the United yeah. States. And the look on Connor's face when she does that. He is ready. He's rock hard again, just like he was in the previous episode. But I really disliked watching her tell Comfrey off. As hard as it made Connor, it dried me out. What am I, 75, I said to my pussy after watching that scene? (gasps) I really hated it. I hate that sort of like someone with no fucking job telling off someone who is just there trying to do their job. All right, that's Connor. Let's move on to Roman. So he was sent to that party with an envelope. And at first I wasn't sure if he knew what was in the envelope. Right, yeah, neither was I. But then it became... Very apparent. That was some card as well. Like that shit was like a dollar fifty from Walgreens. That card. You know that because it's the sort of thing that your family would send each other. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> unbelievably cheap in all areas, and no area more so than the cards that we send. And in him being entrusted to deliver that card, it again shows how much Roman's stock is rising with Logan. Yeah, and I. This might be a controversial opinion, but like. I kind of think he deserves it. Like, I think he's doing a great job, Roman. I think he's showing that he deserves to be the one who's sort of first in line. I also thought we're seeing for the first time, whatever it is that Jerry is nurturing in him, Yes, this kind of caution and competence and attention to detail. Uh-huh. In that little catch-up before they were going to go into the Gojo meeting at Waystar, I felt it was all Jerry's coaching. And then there was that great mention of Laurie. His ears pricked up as soon as she mentioned an acquaintance. Yeah, she's his number one girl. Did you feel angry at Roman in this episode? Or did you sort of delight in him? Because I, I do feel I have delighted in him in the last couple episodes. Mm. I can't delight in the way that you have about him getting excited about Mencken. I think Mencken's really oh, oh, dangerous. Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. I guess you're just a better person than I am. <laughs> That was so dickish of you in a way. And I um, I really struggle with that moment where he pushed Kendall. Ken- Kendall has protected him from being beaten by his dad before now. No? Kendall also locked him in a dog cage. That's remember not, that? Didn't Maybe. Connor remember that as a, a jolly jape? I mean, here's the thing. I do think Kendall's love of Roman in some ways is true. It was definitely very upsetting to Kendall that his siblings had just turned up to his party with an agenda, not because they wanted to be there. Yes, but like, come on, buddy. That scene of Kendall squabbling with Shiv and Roman about how they shouldn't be allowed into the treehouse because they're Nazi sympathisers and he is a defender of liberal values and then it just boiling down to 
you're not cool, you're not cool enough to come inside my treehouse. <laughs> I loved it. The, the childishness of it. I sort of thought of it as like, he is fundamentally uncool and fundamentally has this sort of powerlessness to him. It's his party and we're watching him try to be the one who gets to tell his much more likable sibling, you're not cool, you're not allowed, and it doesn't even work. No losers he... allowed, but a loser was allowed in the end. I know, and the loser was Kendall. Was Kendall. Was Kendall. Do you think that it was in miniature what the whole episode was, which was just making you think about the sadness of Kendall and his childhood and his place in a family? Whatever that glimpse was of his childhood treehouse and him wanting his siblings to go in it, but not wanting them to go in it and wielding a little bit of power. And it's just, you know, what is always great fodder is someone who always gets their way, not getting their way, right? Roman can go wherever he wants, wherever, whenever he wants. And to watch him navigate being told no is spectacular. And he gets what he wants in the end. He gets into the treehouse. Something we saw quite dramatically, I thought, was, again, and you were talking about this last week, just how much better Roman is with people than Kendall and just how bad Kendall is. If you contrast the ways that they tried to manage Lucas Matson, and I thought he did a great job, by the way, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, yes. But I love the way he played him. It was so... Oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> He's so eager to close that deal in the toilet. We're, oh, we're back in the bathroom. Yes. Oh, my God. We had this theory on Friday Sprinkles, yep. and it's a brilliant theory. that We always see Roman in a toilet. That's like his his place. Mm. And here he is again. Matson had a very good stream going, I thought. Of course he did. What a great prostate he must have. He must have a strong prostate. I mean, I guess we're talking stream, not dick size. But, like, can someone with a petite peen have a strong stream? Let me tell you something. I always thought my urine pressure was excellent until I hit my mid-40s oh, and yeah. something's happened. Yeah. It's slowed to a dribble. There's a there's a long lag between me standing there at the toilet and then it actually starting. It's like when they go around the different countries on the Eurovision and there's a bit of a delay when they ask them <laughs> for the scores. What does the moment of Shiv finding out about the envelope with the offer to Kendall to cash out and Roman's name, it was clear that it was something that would give Roman more power or more ownership. What do you think changed in that moment for Shiv? I think it might have been the straw to break the camel's back. In in this case, apart from uh, the idiosyncratic dancing, what does a camel with a broken back look like? Someone who goes and joins her brother's side. And I was thinking, like, I just felt like she and Tom were back in that sad little cove on the beach. The, the threat of prison, as terrible as it was was doing a sort of job for them. And, and what do you think of that suggestion that Roman made that she was looking forward to Tom being in prison? I think that it... I don't think it was that... I think the point is that it was an irrelevance to her. Like, in a more normal marriage, that wouldn't have been Tom's news. That would have been their news. And it was so clearly just for Tom. So he feels like he's at this breaking point again in his marriage you know, just that moment in the end when they're side by side in the car and he's basically like, I think I'm going to need to stay up for a bit. The way that that describes those moments of solitude in a marriage where people are just so, she doesn't care. Her life is, she's so upset right now because she has been incapable of achieving this thing that she wants 
And the fact that her husband isn't going to prison for a year has done nothing to make her remember what's really important. And he knows that. And they're so lonely. It made me feel close to you, Sarah, when Tom said that. Should we go out in the back of the taxi? Because I thought that's a joke that we make with each other. If we've ever been to a restaurant or or anything, we say, oh, should we go on somewhere else? Because we know that we would never. We would never. Although if you said to me after any night out ever, do you want to go do some karaoke? I could probably be tempted. You'd always want a karaoke. Yeah. Do you want to tell people what your current go-to song might be if I set up an opportunity for you? I've been thinking about attempting maybe I Don't Like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats. And you can't sing that for me because of the reasons that I'm learning about. Because there are no reasons. What reasons do you need to be? Anyway. What did you make? That, that was, was that good. Was that was good. That was, that was good. <laughs> what did you make of Tom that we see this sort of shot of adrenaline to his system and then he just gets sadder and sadder and sadder? That scene with Greg. The Waystar 2. The Waystar 2. <laughs> and also it puts such a fine point on this fact that he's so much closer to Greg than he is to Shiv. Mm. And and I feel this is uh, this this is nudged us... Really in the direction of Tom's penis. What I found interesting. So the detail about I got a dick the size of a red sequoia. Great. And I fuck like a bullet train. Now, I totally believe that he has a dick the size of a red sequoia. He seems the type. Very tall in real life. Um, Fuck like a bullet train. That I don't believe. And I know there are a few years in now or whatever. So things change. But I don't believe even day one he was fucking her like a bullet train. I think I fuck like um, a low powered electric tram. I have a dick like a bonsai tree. I don't like when you insult your penis because it speaks poorly of me as a woman. Maybe it just means a strong fuck, not a fast one, Mm. right? It must mean that. Punctual, they're very punctual, those Japanese trains. Punctual ejaculation. I don't believe that they've ever had good sex. I just want to say that. I think from day one, it wasn't ideal, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. You're... Just makes me very uncomfortable, this whole sort of good sex, bad sex thing. Ay, ay, ay. Get over it. You've had good sex. You had that girl who let you f*** her in the b- when you were young. What? But I'm not entirely thrilled by the way you're trying to convince me that I've had good sex by referencing things that aren't our marriage. <laughs> well, like, we so, did at the so beginning. None of, none, of that, none of that is good. I don't feel like talking. One of the things I don't feel comfortable talking about is us having good sex at the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> I'm a pretty open person, but can that not feel private? But again, you've compartmentalized it as in the past. And what about Greg and Comfrey then? Will will they uh, they have good sex? He'll think that they do. Is there any chance that that is anything other than Comfrey just trying to exact revenge on Kendall? Or could she sort of fall for Greg in a certain way? People have idiots for partners all the time. And there's a lot to suggest that she's also a bit of an idiot. (gasps) Wait, can I interrupt you? I'm just thinking, does anyone in my life think I have an idiot for a partner? I think your parents were taken in by me at first, but as the years go on, I think they're growing to understand you've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) That might be true. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is a kernel of truth to that. No, I think that, like, I think that... They've seen more of your dark sides, right? Don't you agree with that? Yes, but I also think some of the relief that they felt when they realised you oh weren't going to be a lifelong God. spinster has perhaps been eroded 
by the change in financial circumstances that they've seen over the years. That's not real. No, just you are a moody, 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 moody man. And so as we are together more and more, they see more of your moods. Yeah. I'm not saying that they see you in a rage, but they see you sulk. I'm kind of sulky. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. It's okay. Um, we got on to talking about this because we were talking about Greg and Comfrey. Are we getting a succession wedding? <laughs> yeah. Are we good? Is there going to be a scene where they fuck? We won't get a sex. We don't get sex scenes. No, but I was show. saying, and, and I, I really respect that, not because I'm a prude. But watching but because him they get very, naked they, for the first yeah. time could really be something. Sex yeah. scenes very rarely are necessary. And I, I say that as a broad-minded adult. Yeah. But a Greg sex scene, yeah. seeing him fumbling around, saying the wrong thing, all that stuff could be funny. Yeah, it could be. Could it be funnier than saying, thank you kindly, ma'am. How can I possibly repay you? You're a very fair maiden for such activities, for such kind, a very even-handed maiden. <laughs> At least he has the self-awareness to know that she's probably only dating him for, <laughs> oh, bless you, um, for peak and rancor. Peak and rancor, or was it rancor and peak? I think it was rancor and peak. Rancor and peak. Great word choices. As ever, we salute Tony Roche and George Pritchett, who wrote this episode. Do you think Kendall would include Rava on the list of people who's ruined his birthday? Yes. In fact, he says as much, basically. He's like, well, thanks for coming and ruining my birthday. And um, the the panic and when he realises that there's a birthday present from yeah, his children. it's very sad. It's really hard to watch because he knows... They're the only people who care about him. I'm getting teary. He's just getting choked up mm. they're the only people in the whole world who really care and they probably do you know he has not been a good dad no. but they're all he has and he fucks that and it's interesting that he amidst everything else has this very intelligent instinct that that is the case as you know for someone who has sort of almost nothing in the way of intelligent instincts and it's really sad. And again, there's this 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 thing about the episode being a glimpse into Kendall's childhood, not just because of He-Man lunchboxes and A-Team duvet covers, but also I think there's a moment when he realises that the mini Wu-Tang clan are going to have to stand down from their performance, which is this ill-advised booking of a bunch of children who do a Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> tribute act, which I would have loved to have seen. Um, his way of dealing with it is terrible. Tell them it's all ahead of them. But I think it upsets him. Yeah, the idea of these children yeah. feeling let down. And there's a sadness Kendall feels towards children that I think he's feeling towards himself as a child. Yes, I think that's very right. I'll tell you what I loved about the aborted... Kendall musical performance oh, stroke go on. crucifixion. Yes. That it it felt like maybe we were going to get a repeat of L to the OG. That moment. I'm yes. Not saying that song, but that moment. Yes. And much as I would have enjoyed it, it would have felt a bit formulaic. Mm-hmm. They shied away from doing that. They they knew, they knew not to repeat themselves. That that was impressive. And they gave you know, they gave us what we needed straight out of the gate. They went here. And we got to hear Billy Joel, and then that that was that moment done, because we've seen it before. Do you think, did anything in this episode convince you there's a world in which Naomi could be a good partner for Kendall? I don't know. She wanted him to sing that Billy Joel song. Did she want that, or is that just sort of her in there telling him 
what she thinks he wants no, to do. No, no, no. I think when she says it's good, not funny, I think that shows how off her judgment is. Right. Who was right about the watch? If it had just been an inner monologue, Kendall would have been right. But in terms of behaviour... He was completely wrong. Presumably, Naomi saw him in that limo a few episodes ago and talking about watches with Greg and things. So this guy really likes watches. I'll get him a watch for his birthday. But it was impersonal. But some people don't have that in them. Some people aren't good gift givers. You think I'm not a good gift no, giver? No, I think you're a really good gift giver. You really, well, yeah, you're I a do. very good gift giver. Yeah, but there was that one incident. Well, I don't think we should talk about that. <laughs> Which is to say nothing of how much you spent on the drum kit. And it was very painful, us learning that together as a couple. Did you glimpse any of the gifts in the pile? No, did you? I saw a motorbike and a, a guitar. A motorbike? Yeah. A motorbike. Yeah. I feel bad. I, I feel genuine sympathy for anyone who has to buy a, a present for Kendall Roy. That can't be an easy task. No. Because I would say 80 to 90% of presents I've ever been given in my life, here's what I want to do. <laughs> uh, unwrap them and then... I want to say to the person who gave it to me, I'm so touched that you think enough of me that you would spend time getting me this gift. And I also want to just drop it in the bin. I know. And and there's that bit where he says to Naomi, what if I buy you a couple of newspapers and a rock the size of the Ritz-Carlton and uh, we move to Marrakesh and smoke hash. And then he goes in to kiss her. Ugh. And... I mean, that is a mild version of reaction you had on the sofa watching it. I thought it was fucking disgusting. What repelled you so much about it, that? It, something about the character of Ken's sexuality is disgusting to me. And he just seems completely out of his depth as a sexual being. So it's like he's trying to be this guy who has that moment where he grabs his woman to him. And I really, I feel for men with this because the thing I hear a lot of women say and I is like, just fucking... Be the boss. Like, yeah, let me see some prowess. Let me see some alpha. But if you're not the man who really knows how to wear that, watching it is grotesque. Oh, another thing about Ken ruining his own party, that medallion wasn't happening or whatever the fuck it was he was wearing around his neck. I was really hoping you were going to get me one of those for Christmas. And then I learned Jeremy Strong wore that medallion to the season three premiere of Succession. Was he in character? I don't know, but it's that detail is uncomfortable. He, he's up to something. He's making a choice. Okay. It was when I read about that, I got very uncomfortable. Is there any world in which Logan ruined Kendall's party by sending that? Oh, yeah, 100%. And it was interesting because this is, it certainly felt like the most Logan-free episode we've ever had. I mean, I thought, you know, a couple significant things quickly on Logan. Number one, when he sort of makes a point of toasting to justice, it's always fascinating to me what he does or doesn't understand about his own grotesqueness. Mm. When he then says to Tom, I'll remember... That felt like this fascinating moment mm. in no small part because it seems like he's made a very clear decision for himself that he wants to piss Shiv off. Is it wanting to keep Tom on side? Is it just one ethical man to another? You know, what that moment was. So it seemed genuine. It did seem genuine. And that was the only thing that felt sure to me about it was its sincerity. And just finally, and this is another thing I'd be interested to uh, have confirmed to us, but when... Kendall says, I just wish I was... And then there's a long pause and he says, home. Oh, God. Dead. I mean, to me, 
And I know Succession would never give us this. So I knew it wasn't coming. But I thought it was like, I just want to be with my kids. Like, the thing to do in that moment is to go be with your children. Like, you just want to, like, you'd want to, like, feel your kids' bodies against you. Mm. But when you're divorced or something, like, are you just allowed to go be with your kid in any moment but I also feel like whatever you want to say about Rava if he had called her and been like listen I've left this party is there any way I could like see the kids tonight I think Rava would have allowed that and I I didn't want it to be dead I wanted it to be like I just want to be home and then when he said home I pictured him with his kids even though of course his home is this empty place it's really sad i thought of it you think he would kill himself well it's we we know that it's um been suggested with the stuff on the roof i I think it's a level of darkness i don't know i can't quite see anything quite that dark but also that would be the way to ruin his dad yeah also when i heard home i thought of the home in the golden slumbers sense, you know, once there was a way to get back home, it's been this oh. episode about the boy he was oh. and about childhood and, and what it is to be a child with none of the stuff that life piles on you. And he, you can't ever get back there. And I wondered if that was kind of what he was talking about. You're almost going to cry again. It was so painful. God, I wonder, like, when Jesse Armstrong watches Jeremy Strong act these scenes, he must just watch that man perform these levels and think, I can't believe the gold I struck with this guy. The Times newspaper did a a profile on Jesse Armstrong ahead of this series, and they talked a bit about, as a writer, how it feels to put somebody you know is this method actor who immerses themselves in a character through that stuff. And Oh, wow, what a great question. Yeah, and he was talking, uh, Jesse Armstrong was saying... uh, how much he he loves and and respects Jeremy Strong, but how you have to have this cold streak to you and and almost not consider that. Yeah, yeah, right. It shouldn't be his job to consider it. It's so much, isn't it? It's it's so much that we've had in this episode. Uh, I'd scribbled loads of things down. I don't know really if I've even mentioned a quarter of them. But we are very interested to hear your thoughts. Please fuck off at firecrashandroomcore.com. And coming up next, we are delighted to have this week's guests. National treasure. National treasure. And the treasure's treasure. Very good, Sarah. Lorraine Kelly and her daughter, Rosie Smith. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What If podcast, Rosie Smith, Lauren Kelly, hello. Hello. A husband and wife double act is, is ten a penny at this stage. Tale things, is all but, this time. But mother and daughter, I, th- I think you're, you're innovators here. Is there anyone else doing that? Um, oh, the lassie that does it with the, is it the table thing? Oh, Jessie Ware. Yeah, yeah she's, she's lovely. Yeah, that's her. nice. Yeah. Lorraine, you're not supposed to call them lovely. Is that what Logan would be saying about uh, his, his rivals? Yeah, they're the enemy. Man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not very good at that. I'd no. be rubbish. I'd be terrible <laughs> in succession. What was it? What was the uh, what was the the germ of the idea to sort of start working together? I think we wanted to do something together, both of us. Yeah. But I, I really wanted to do a podcast. You and then did. when I said the idea to you, you were like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And yeah. I was living in Singapore and you were here. So the idea was going to be like a mother-daughter sort of catch-up. But then COVID mm. happened, so I moved back home. And we had to come up with something completely different. Yeah, you came up with that. And I think it's really good. I like that. Because everybody's got what-if moments. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sort of yeah. sliding doors idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at all the what-ifs in succession, for goodness sake, when you think about all of that. You know, everybody's got that. Wouldn't it be great to have... I mean, we, I'm, I'm very oh, lucky. Yeah. I've, I've interviewed Your Brian idea. Cox before, but it'd be great to have them on, wouldn't it? Yeah. As, as you that. want Brian Cox and Brian Cox on. No, this is what I want. I want Brian yes. Cox, our, our yes. succession Brian Cox from Dundee, and I want Brian Cox, the, you know astronomer astrophysicist and all of that together in the same room but the universe might explode i think you could probably check whether the universe would explode with brian cox not the actor the astrophysicist he he would know about that (laughs) um lorraine if if i am to peg you here as the the obvious logan and i don't say this only because of the scottish dundee connection i say it because there's a, it's, there's a media mogul here. There's a media mogul amongst us in this call that we're doing. <laughs> now that you are working with your daughter, mm. do you ever get worried that Rosie could pull a full Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> no, wouldn't that be hilarious? Although you, I mean, but, but Kendall, Kendall, honestly, the 40th birthday episode, oh my God, my toes are still not uncurled oh, after the, the Kendallness of Kendall. I mean, he's out Kendalled himself. It's, it's just like, you think, oh no. But you don't root for him though. No, you don't root for him. You're repelled by him. Yeah. Utterly, utterly repelled because he's, I mean... Good tweet, bad tweet. Oh, no. (laughs) Good tweet. tweet. Bad Bad tweet. tweet. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, you just think, oh, make it stop. Make it stop. It's absolute genius. Genius. So I know from Rosie that Lorraine, she knows the future. Oh, my God. This is what happens when we move in these circles. We're talking to people who know the future. (laughs) No, I'll tell you for right. It's because um, I had to interview Kieran Culkin, who obviously (gasps) plays Roman, um, just before. I think it was about four weeks ago. Brilliant, hilarious, funny, exactly what you would think. You know, he's not really like Roman in real life, but he was was quick-witted and really, really funny. So I was forced to watch all of these episodes. (laughs) 
do you so obviously I'm not sort of hitting it with a straight bat when I ask if you think Rosie could ever pull a full Kendall but <laughs> I'm getting the impression that you then see her more as a Connor then you want to keep her at arm's well, leg no, no, out of the family <laughs> business is that that's why you dispatched her to Singapore yeah, <laughs> yeah look up to the Singapore branch of the business but is there a succession character that you kind of in a dark way are like but i do see a bit of myself in that do you think i would love to think that i was like roman i'd love to think i was that clever yeah and that funny rosie what about you are you shiv i like how clever shiv is but i also she's not quite got the killer instinct maybe nearly nearly very nearly she's gorgeous though Oh, oh yeah. God, is she gorgeous? <laughs> are, are either of you taking style inspo from Shiv? That's a, it's a big thing now, isn't oh. it? Oh, yeah, are I can understand that. Or being a bit of a fashion icon, I like the very sleek, understated, effortless elegance. I like the three-piece suit she wore. Yes, I did too. It was mm. beautiful. Very, very yeah. good. And that dress. The dress of the DNA, the Dundee episode of that dress. <gasps> oh. I like that dress. Listen, I was beside myself. We were beside ourselves yeah. when it came to the V&A and, and Dundee. And it was so good for Dundee, wasn't yeah. it? Wait, you mean that dress came to Dundee? To no, the v- Logan's party. <laughs> Succession. Oh, 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 it's I'm sorry. They sent it on tour, like I Dorothy's thought, Ruby I, I, Slippers. <laughs> but you guys know. But the, the episode being in Dundee was fantastic. It, it really was. The only thing that I thought was really weird about that, and maybe that's just us, <gasps> was the fact that Brian Cox in Real True Life is a Dundee supporter. We're Dundee oh, in it. Yeah. We're Dundee United fans uh-huh. and it would have made much more sense for Ronan to have bought him Dundee United and for him to be cross because he supports Dundee yeah, the rather than the hearts sense. and hips thing that didn't really work so I thought that was a bit weird there would be a reason yes why they chose that yeah I would love to know what was behind that yeah. I'd love to know what was behind that because with Brian Cox would I, I would have thought he would have said hang on a minute yeah I'm, I'm a Dundee supporter here which is a wee shame for that's him. the last time you you met him he had a Dundee shirt on yeah that was his wedding he got Dundee shirt on yeah. but that was okay we forgave him it was fine mm. <laughs> he got married in a football shirt no it was afterwards <laughs> <laughs> oh his wife would have killed him no it was afterwards it was a present I think that um, they'd got him with a, a signed, oh, a signed Dundee yeah, yeah. shirt and he, and he put it on for the reception even though it was the wrong shirt even though yeah. it was the wrong shirt yeah Do either of you have, we've been talking sort of likely or unlikely succession crushes. Do you guys have a succession crush? I think when Greg's older, he'll be handsome. What about the personality though, Rosie? Personality-wise, sorry, I'm all looks, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only one that I could could see myself, funnily enough, going out with is probably (laughs) Jerry. Because I really like her. <laughs> she's hilarious. Okay. And, and she's, I think Jenny would be one of these women that you could actually say, right, let's get stuck into this bottle of wine and let's just tell me everything about everything. Yeah. You know? Rosie, do you, do you two, do you watch it together? No, because I've, I've just binged it yeah. completely. But I've been, very but I've been watching it. it again with you. Do you know yeah. what? You have to watch it again. You miss so much. I think it's better watching it. it with you. Is it not uncomfortable, though, when it gets like, say, say there's some weird no. scene between uh, Roman and Jerry? Oh, um, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's very twisted, but <laughs> to say the least. But it's not like they're at it or anything. You see anything. And you hear any squelching. It's just oh like, it's God. all, you know what I mean? It's all just kind of... <laughs> I, the, the squelching is the line for you too. Do either of you have any theories 
like directions that you think the show is going to move in. I, I do think that someone else is popping up. Do you do you think yeah. do you think there's oh, like um, people who what do you mean from his past? Like from Logan's past? Yeah. Well, like illegitimate children or yeah. children that love aren't child. love child love children. Fully. And then they'll they'll it'll be like oh this is it they're going to be the one everything's great and then there will be rubbish. Oh, you think that somebody could come and be like the the, the yeah. prince or the princess? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, could yeah. they could be the heir. Uh huh. Oh. And oh. it's all filled with promise. And then, and then it'll then all go bad. It'll go awful. As it always does. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you seen any clues to that, Rosie? Have you spotted anything? I just feel it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's interesting. And you know that obviously their mother's getting married again mm. to um to the guy Mannion, which it, Mannion. I thought it was Bunyan. No, I Bunyan. thought it was the guy that was in the the, the thick of it because he's called yeah, Peter, Peter, Peter Mannion, the and Peter Mannion, which I don't know whether that's a nod in the direction of or what, but that it must be, be right. Something's going to happen there. So, so, skeletons are going to crawl out of. Oh yeah closets all over the place 100%. yeah there's got to be something going on and the mum is a fascinating character isn't she oh she's oh. done a lot of damage to those children because everybody thinks it's oh. Logan, but oh, I, I think it's the mum I think she's she's an she's a nasty piece of work yeah she's <laughs> she is absolutely the worst I mean Logan has been responsible for the deaths of multiple women and uh... <laughs> <It is laughs> that. but this is what I'm talking about with the charisma factor is you're going Hey, he's been responsible before all this. Sh- yeah, but the charisma. Whereas Caroline is just charismaless, so you wind up being like, "Oh, she's so terrible to her son." She's like everything. I know, and he um, is equally as bad. I know what you mean, but I just feels. Like, I don't know whether I'm being sexist or not, but I just feels if a mother should love her children or at least give them the time of day. <laughs> Do you um? Speaking of fathers, does your respective husband and dad is he a succession nut as well? Or yes, does he watch yes. it? Yeah, he loves it. Absolutely uh... loves it. I mean, we, to be honest, we started watching it because Brian Cox was in it. Yeah, and we watched it like away from the very, very start. And I've loved the fact that you know that it's built and grown, and that so many people have embraced it. Do any of you do anything during the uh, the opening credits? Oh, we sing, obviously. Yeah, just sing. Does everybody <laughs> Does everybody not go? Do, 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 I get Ruby, little sausage dog, and make her dance. Oh. <laughs> I'm on my own watching it. <laughs> You're dancing to it really badly, yeah. like, like especially the high bits. He likes like, to do that though with any theme song. Yeah, but except for, when he does grand designs. Yeah, and he, he sings that, but he sings it in the wrong, wrong. tune it's completely. Wrong. <laughs> you stop grand designs wrong. Will you stop getting yeah. Succession wrong? Mm. Yeah, he does. The high notes are ear piercing. Um. <laughs> Glorious. Would either of you abuse your position and try and, you know, just for the sake of meeting some of these people, invite them on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Or the TV show. Absolutely. Is there anyone that you'd want to interview in character? Oh, gosh, now that would be, that's a really interesting one because I think I'd be too frightened of Logan. Do you think you'd be uh, good at holding um, Connor accountable uh, in his presidential (laughs) run? He is such a noodle. He's such a noodle. Such a noodle. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't think he's he's blessed in any department, really. I won't ask you to uh, to, to to name names, but have either of you ever shaken the icy hand of the type of person that Logan is is uh, at least in part based on? And if so, are they charismatic like he is? Years and years ago, when I was a kid, um, and I was. I was working for the BBC a long, long, long time ago in the 80s. I met Robert Maxwell, who Uh I know it's not quite the same um, as 
you know, say Rupert Murdoch. I've never met Rupert Murdoch. Maxwell's obviously a, a, a dreadful crook um, and, a, and, and a liar and all of these other things. But you could sort of understand why he got away with it because it was very plausible, um, but also utterly, utterly repellent. Ghastly, ghastly man. Um, but yeah, they are they are in a class of their own, these people, aren't they? They're not like real human beings. They, they've got eyes of sharks. Light oh, doesn't reflect God. back. <laughs> we should collect your votes while we yes, have you here. Uh, and you, they obviously, they need to vote individually. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, you're not, you're not block voting. It's, it's an individual voting. vote. You don't need to reach a consensus here. <laughs> here we are in the boardroom. We're, we're having the vote on the next CEO. Uh, Rosie, who, who would you like to nominate? Ooh, it's so hard. I'm going to say Roman. And the only reason I say Roman is because I think he's quite funny. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. like picking okay. a bunch of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The least worst. Yeah, the least worst. The least worst. Now, Lorraine, you but don't don't allow your daughter to influence you. I know. Logan, <laughs> Logan never would. So difficult. I think, all things considered, I think I probably would go for Jerry. But I would go for Jerry with the proviso that she works very closely, but not that closely, with, with Ronan. <laughs> I don't want her to work okay. so close with him that it gets a bit yucky. But um, yeah, I think I think that would be quite... That would be quite good because I think he's got a lot to bring. I think there's a lot there. I do too. I really do. I think there's a lot going on. And I do think underneath all that sarkiness and snarkiness, there's actually a, a, a poor wee boy that just wants his mammy. I cannot thank you guys enough. For oh, this. no, thank you. It was truly an honour to speak to the both of you. <laughs> so thank you for your time. It really was. Thank you, guys. Before we go... Mm-hmm. Are we going to hear some of your favourite lines? I'd be sad if you didn't want to. I think it's a more restrained list than last week's because the sadness got to me. Okay, ready? Yes. Go nut nut, pure access, full bore. I've gone anti-fragile. I can accommodate anything. If I start second guessing, it'll collapse. This is the full fucking thing. It's going to be epic. Your brother in a porta potty rolling down the hill. Oh, brothers. Wind in our hair. Wind in your hair? That was to Frank. Shout out to Frank. We didn't get a lot of you this app. Okay, well, maybes or noes. Let's not live in a dream world. The Imagineers, the DJ crew, this is highly egalitarian. Like, do your job, but fucking get your drink on. There's no boundaries if you're cool. Mission Control, out. Getting his nails done? Asshole whitened? The Legacy Media Graveyard. Kendall would like his present to be everyone being present. This is my mom's cooch, so you know. You might want to tighten my mom's vagina. A haunted scarecrow asking out Jackie Onassis. You're a nine-foot Cro-Magnon man. I got a dick the size of a red sequoia and I fuck like a bullet train. Call me old-fashioned, but I think you should ask before you construct a giant replica of someone's vagina. Thank you kindly, ma'am. How can I possibly repay you? You're a very fair maiden for such activities, for such kind, very even-handed maiden. (laughs) A 40-year-old man who rebuilds his childhood treehouse should immediately go on the sex offender registry. A walking rainbow band. You're a Nazi lover and you're a Nazi lover and I'm a defender of democracy. The Odin of Coden. Winged dildos to schmooze. I really appreciate your impartial read. Privacy, pussy, pasta. He's not a good guy. Enjoy. The snitch bitch. I just want to get a good pussy and get out. Gay moms and wheelchair kids. Rancor or peak. Dance of the Sugar Plum Failure. Share your apartment with the old meat wardrobe. COO who can't fuck. Intruders have breached the masturbatorium. 
stuck-up cunts who can't bear to see me win. Outstanding. Oh, thank you. Once again, thank you to Rosie Smith and Lorraine Kelly. And we have a little announcement to make about our live show in terms of a special guest. Well, basically, we're getting to talk to Rebecca Taylor, a.k.a. Self-Esteem. She is today's pop princess on the rise. Is that a fair way of describing her? I think she, she would like that. She's also kind of a performance artist. Do you think that about her? Oh, yeah. I think she's absolutely an artist in, in loads of different we, ways. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. You cried when we watched her most recent music video. I don't know if it's her most recent, but a couple months ago, you were like, oh, watch this video that Rebecca Taylor, aka Self Esteem, just put out. And I was like, oh. you know when your spouse asks you to watch something and you're like, this is going to be sort of like boring, even though it's like three minutes, it'll feel like 10. So Jeff put it on. I was instantly riveted, and by the end of it, he was weeping. I just think it's extraordinary. The song is called I Do This All The Time. She has an album called Prioritise Pleasure, which I think is probably the most acclaimed album of this year. Yeah. Our guest is the person who's written the most acclaimed album this year in the UK. And actually, we were, tr- we were thinking about trying to just get her on as a guest. And I said to Jeff, this is a fucking pop star. This is a pop principessa. A papa principessa. <laughs> you sound like Roberto Benigni in Life is Beautiful. Thank you. I get that all the time. I said, we should try and get a pop star on the stage. And you were like, no, 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 no. She's not going to want to do that. That's taking the piss even asking. I said, let's just ask. You just got to ask the favor in the right way. And we did. And she said yes. And we're just beside ourselves. Worried that something bigger will come up and she'll have to cancel. But... <laughs> Hopeful that that won't happen. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, she's so funny as well. Yeah, it's really weird. The the sort of things that she's good at really span a large spectrum. And she will be joining us 12th of December at 21 Soho in London. 4 p.m., cheap tickets. And we're really going to put on a show. We're really going to put on a good show. We want to hear from you, please. That email address once again. Fuck off at firecrutchandnormcore.com. We will be back with Friday Sprinkles. Some questions that maybe I would like answering include, will Kendall be sharing publicly his All Bangers All The Time playlist? Maybe on Spotify. Do you think that if Lucas Matson does sell Gojo to Waystar Royco, that he will insist on having his three Ps written into the contract? What is Comfrey's eBay username? Because I'd really like a He-Man lunchbox. (laughs) And while we're on the subject of Comfrey, when Bruce Springsteen wasn't available, why didn't she get Carl to come on and sing Country Road to take me home? Oh, that would have been glorious. And listen, I just want to thank everyone for listening and say that we'll miss you till Friday. And we'll speak to you then. Bye. That is some substantial rigging. 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.